You're listening to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. And we are a proud member of the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome back to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host this week. My name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, it's going all right, Chris. Um, I, you know, I really do try to not go all old man for stuff here, but mm-hmm. since last we talked... In my area of New York here, we randomly had two or three days that were in the 50s here in February. Mm. And then today has just been freezing. I, I left work. I was talking to a co-worker and I thought, I don't care about this conversation. I need to get inside of the car. Mm-hmm. Like Too cold to be talking outside. Yeah. And then uh, tonight, I was just like, I keep turning my heat up higher and higher like I, I'm, I'm still within a you know quote normal range mm-hmm. for turning it up but i'm just like i am freezing inside my own home tonight and this time you know a week ago i was debating on opening up all the windows wow this yeah. is just like the craziest february i think i've ever experienced yeah i think uh well january i think was the warmest january um on record like where i live but we also got really cold too so it's crazy that so many there's so many warm days that they kind of outdid the cold days um but yeah like for here because <clears throat> i you know being in canada we go by uh celsius um it's it's been hanging around like the minus 10 ish um degrees for the last week or so but sometimes we get that northerly wind, so even so, that just adds, you know, drops the temperature like another ten degrees. Because um, yeah, the wind chill factor. But um, but anywho, <clears throat> uh, I just wanted to uh, apologize to the listeners. Uh, last week we didn't have a, an episode; that was completely my fault. Had a busy day at work, and there was only, like, one day that worked for me to record last week, and I just, I, I couldn't do it. I was just so tired, so I had to, I had to reschedule it. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we still got the 80s episode planned, but it's been hard to get kind of everyone together for the Pop Culture Pub. So, like, this week we got Geek Fallout Reloaded. Next week we'll have an episode of Trek 1701, and then we'll see where we go from there. Um, so, the, the '80s episode is '80s movies discussion is coming. Uh, it's just trying to get getting all the everything aligned. It's just been a little, little bit, a little bit tough. Um. All right. So, at the time of this recording, um, you'll you'll be hearing this after the fact, obviously. But uh, for Kevin and I, it's Valentine's Day, and well, for the rest of the world, um, 
not not just for Kevin and I, but for for everybody, <laughs> for everybody. Um, so I was going to ask you, Kev, do you have any Valentine's stories? Any any interesting things that happen on Valentine's Day for you ever? Oh God, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I was, I, I was, because uh, Facebook does the, um, you know. Your, your history of posts and, you know, years ago and however long, 10 years ago, you know, however long I've had at this point. Um, so I've seen random stuff, but nothing that was like, you know, oh, I went to this expensive restaurant or, you know, anything like that. It was more, you know, um, casual Valentine's Day stuff, uh, in my past. The, the thing though, cause, my my kid was all he didn't want to have to deal with doing the Valentine's Day cards at school and he's feeling like he's putting pressure on himself for it, which I understand because I've done that too so I was telling him about it just trying to empathize and I said when I was in school getting the you know, having to hand out Valentine's and whatever it was for me at the time you know he-Man ones or Transformers or whatever it was. I sat down for hours because the rule was if you're bringing in Valentine's, you need to bring in one for every one in the class, which is fair. And I understand. And I agree with, or else you got some poor kid that has no Valentine's, you know? So I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but I was super careful about who got what Valentine. And I'm sure people that aren't riddled with anxiety, like I apparently was at a young age, do not care. And they just put, you know, grab the card, put a name on it, grab the card, put a name on it, and didn't put any thought into it. But myself, I was so nervous about it, I had to go through them. Like, well, I don't want to hand one that says, you're my best friend, to the kid in school that I hate. You know, I don't want to send, like, I love you to the girl that I actually have a crush on, because then she'll know. You know, just stupid stuff like that, that I was so worked up about. And, I mean, I spent forever working on it to make sure that everyone got the perfect card. I, now granted, I, I'm not in the same town I went to school in, and I don't see, like, I haven't had a conversation with someone that I was in the same class with in, years but I would guarantee if I did meet up with any of them and ask not a one of them would remember any card that they got in their life <laughs> yeah there yeah yeah there was none that I was like oh my god this is amazing or anything like that oh, um, oh, I, oh I can't believe I'm your best friend or oh I can't believe you like me or whatever yeah may have yeah yeah um I got a couple from my kids, like, when they were younger, that I, you know, that I kept, you know, so every once in a while, you know, like, if I'm rooting through the drawer wherever I keep them, um, you know, I come across it, and it's it's always, you know, cute to see how little they were and how, you know, their, their writing and, and stuff like that. Um, but Valentine's, honestly, like, I was thinking about this. Um, when I was, uh, I think Valentine's meant more to me when I was during my bachelor days because you know like if I was not dating somebody at the time I always felt like I was missing out 
Um, but honestly, like my, my wife and I, we don't, you know, like, I, I mean, I got her some flowers and some chocolates, but because I'm away at work right now, uh, I gave those to her on Monday and it's not a big deal. Like, you know, we'll make a point of, you know, going out to dinner or something at some point, but it's not a, not a big thing. Um, and you know, for years, uh, like when my, my mom and my grandma lived together, uh, cause my grandma passed away in 2017, but they were, you know, my mom, um, never remarried after my dad. And then my grandma, like when my grandpa died, she never remarried or anything. Um, so I, I would always make a point of taking them out to dinner, you know, if, if I was off on Valentine's day or, you know, prior to it, I would take them out to dinner. Um, so this year my wife and I took my mom out to dinner, um, because yeah, she, you know, she doesn't have anybody. So just wanted to let her know that we, you know, we love her. Um, but, uh, honestly, I was thinking about this too. I don't really have a lot of like awesome Valentine stories, um, the only one that I, that for some, I can't remember why I was thinking about this. I, like, this is years ago. Like, this is back when I, you know, bef- years before I met my wife. Well, not, yeah, a few years before I met my wife. And, um, m- my friend had a younger sister that, uh, she had been dating a guy. Um, then she broke up with that guy. And anyway, we're at my friend's house and, you know, one thing, you know, we were talking and there was some, some chemistry there. And, you know, you know, I asked her, uh, you know, would you be interested in going on a date and, you know, hanging out? And she was like, yes. So then I had to, I went and had a talk with my friend because I wasn't sure, you know, that you're dating your friend's sister. Is that, how's that going to go over? You know, is it going to be acceptable? Thankfully, he didn't punch me, um, but he he actually was cool about it because the guy that she had been previously dating uh, was kind of a a-hole, so he was like, man, I, I want my sister to be with a nice guy, and you're, you know, you're a nice guy, so I was like, cool, that's awesome, thank you, so anyway, it kind of, this was like before Valentine, so we decided for whatever reason that our first, you know, date was going to be on Valentine's Day. And it was, and I mean, I went all out that day because where I lived at the time, like I was like a half an hour to the nearest flower store and and all that. And then she lived another 20 minutes in the opposite direction. So I ran to town, got flowers and chocolates and stuff. And then I drove 50 minutes to her place to give her the flowers and the chocolates and and I, I was taking her out to dinner at that town, so I drove another 50 minutes to go to that town to take her to dinner. And then this is back in the day when there was, you know, still video stores. Um, so the plan was we are going to go to my place and watch a, a movie. And I, I still remember the movie. I can't remember what it's called, though. I was trying to think of it. I could have Googled it, but I didn't. Uh, the one with um, Angel from um, the Buffy universe... Uh, okay. it, I think it's called Valentine or my Valentine or something. Oh, Valentine. Yes. Yeah. Where he's like the killer or whatever. Spoiler, yep. um, for, you know, 22 year old movie or whatever. So anyway, we rented that movie 
And we're driving back to my place, which is, like I said, a half hour. And I don't know, I just kind of, like, the, the when we had been talking at my friend's place, like, there was, like, sparks and chemistry. And I just wasn't feeling it that night. I was like, you know, she fe- seems off to me. So I just asked her, I was like, you know, so what are you, you know, where are your thoughts on, you know, date number two? Like, what, what would you be interested, you know, interested in doing? You know, do you want to go to the movie theater or something like that? Or, And she shot me down. She's, you know, she, oh. friend, she friend zoned me right quick. And I'm, she's like, you know, because, I mean, she had been dating a, a guy that was a jerk pre, prior to me. And she just felt she was moving too fast and. Um, even though I thought I was being old fashioned and going slow. So yeah, it was kind of an awkward watching that movie. Cause knowing that we weren't going to be dating or anything. Yeah. So, so then I dropped her off. I mean, like I kind of felt like it, there was a lot of driving that day, a lot of, a lot of miles put on. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what happened. So it was like, it wasn't quite a year later, but I, I remember it was like January or something almost a year later. I was dating a different woman at, at that point. And I should, I should say that my uh, friend's sister, she worked at a local restaurant. She was a waitress. So anyway, my, my girlfriend and I, my girlfriend at the time, we had went up, went out the fr- that Friday night and, uh, you know, got a little drunk and stuff. And, so we woke up the next day, we're hungry, we're, you know, need some food, right, to soak up the alcohol. So we decide we're going to go for brunch. So we go to that restaurant, and my friend's sister is waitressing. And I, I, and I didn't think she had any feelings towards me or anything, but, like, immediately I could, I could see that she was eyeing up my girlfriend. Like, kind of, like, giving her the stink eye a little bit. Um... So she took her orders, took it to the kitchen, and, you know, I'm sitting there talking to my girlfriend at the table, and I kind of glanced over at my, at her, uh, the, my buddy's sister, because she's sitting at the staff table, and I could see her just, like, staring daggers at my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, I guess she did, she did like me after all. But, you know, sorry, you had your chance, but now it's too late. Um... But the irony is, like, I, I'm still, like, Facebook friends with my friend's sister, but my that girlfriend, like, yeah, we're not friends at all. I haven't talked to her in years, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, I wonder yeah. if it was one of those, I don't want you, but I don't want anyone else to have you either. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of kind of strange, but it was, at the same time, it was kind of nice to know that, hey, you know. If she didn't give a shit about me, she wouldn't be giving, you know, the stink eye or shooting daggers at her. Yeah, true. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, and I mean, you know, it worked out for the best in the end, so. But, uh, yeah, that was like the most I went out for Valentine's Day, like for trying to impress somebody. Um, You know, my, my wife and I went for dinner and stuff like that over the years, but. You know, my wife, we're, I don't know, we're not really mushy that way, so. I'm, I'm glad, though. Because, <laughs> you know, I know, I know, I, I know guys that, you know, they'll go to those fancy restaurants and, and spend like four or five hundred dollars for a dinner, and it's just like, whoa. Yeah, which is absurd. Well, and, and this year, uh, me being the practicing Catholic here, mm-hmm. um, Ash Wednesday's today as well. 
Oh, oh yeah, I saw your post. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to. I didn't go to church this past Sunday because um, I, I was having a bad allergy attack last weekend. And I was just snot mm. where I'm like, I'm not going to church. Yeah, you know, contaminate everyone. Uh, but I went the previous week, and the priest was saying they've already had people because, like, American Catholic Church. There's certain, like, yes, you, you know, we went from you don't eat meat at all during Lent, all 40 days. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you don't eat meat on Friday during Lent or on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and then it be, there's things like, well, a day of celebration. So uh, my hometown has a big Irish population. So if St. Patrick's Day falls on a Friday, mm. they give it as uh, Friday during Lent, they give it as it's a day of celebration so you can have meat so everyone can do like their corned beef and cabbage stuff. Yeah. Um, so there is a wiggle room for this. Well, apparently the church had a bunch of people asking if they can have a exemption from no meat on Ash Wednesday because it's Valentine's Day because they had already made plans to take their you know, person out to dinner for like, you know, prime rib or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's your personal choices is not enough to change, you know, the policy for the whole church or the whole congregation here. Yeah. And, and apparently there are a few people that were upset about it. Huh. But yeah. I mean, also, like for me growing up, um, Red Lobster was the fancy restaurant. Yeah. So people went out for seafood, you know, as as their fancy dinner. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely ways to get around, like, you know, around it. Like, but Yeah, go out for sushi, something. Yeah. I mean, you can get a really awesome salad, too. You know? Yeah, that's true. But... I mean, if... if I'll, I'll, um, I'll tread lightly, but... If it's Valentine's Day and you're with your romantic other half here, yep. do you really want to feel all puffy and gross from food when yeah. you go home? Yeah, it'd be all gassy and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so so the the salad dinner might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I I don't know I I'm I'm also che- I'm kind of cheap, but I like to think of myself as being practical. You know, like, I'm sorry, but if I'm making, if I'm paying a mortgage payment amount to go out for dinner, that's, that's crazy. Like, that's oh, nuts. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. And people say, well, it's the experience, you know, going to these restaurants. It's like, what? Like, so you can pretend like you're a rich asshole? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, yeah, I would, I would sooner go to, you know, Red Lobster or, Olive Garden rather than these, you know, other higher end where you got to dress up and I don't know. But I guess that's not romantic. I don't know. But anywho, I digress. Um, So I guess we'll move on from talking about Valentine's Day to unfortunately everyone's least favorite segment of this podcast. And that's our in memoriam segment. So we'll transition to that. Um, 
so Carl Weathers uh, from Rocky, Predator. He was, you know, most recently in The Mandalorian um, TV series has passed away. So this was February 2nd, 2024. And this is from Deadline. Uh, Carl Weathers, who started, who starred as Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films and appeared in Predator, The Mandalorian, Happy Gilmore, Action Jackson, and dozens of other films and TV shows died Tuesday. His family announced he was 76. Um, we are deeply saddened to announce the passing of Carl Weathers, his family said in a statement. He died peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Carl was an exceptional human being who lived an extraordinary life. Through his contributions to film, television, the arts, and sports, he has left an, un, undeli, an indelible mark and is recognized worldwide and across generations. He was a beloved brother, father, grandfather, partner, and friend. Yeah, I was I was really shocked to see this. Like, yeah, I realize he's uh, seventy six years old, but you know the guy was in phenomenal shape. You know, um, and and yeah, um, you know you 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 talk about redemption arcs. I really loved his redemption arc in the first season of Mandalorian. Like he went from being, you know, this this his character went from being like the scumbag, um, you know, uh, uh, bounty hunter, you know, trying to make a profit guy to, to being a, you know, really awesome dude. Like he had an, an amazing redemption arc in, in star Wars, his character. Um, but yeah, of course I remember him as, as Apollo Creed, you know, even as a kid, I remember being shocked spoilers, you know, when his character got killed, um, so, and I haven't seen the new, the new Creed movies, so, uh, you know, I want to check those out one day, but, uh, um, it's awesome that, you know, he's not in it, obviously, because his character died, but, you know, his, his, using air quotes, son, uh, you know, played by Michael B. Jordan is carrying on the Creed legacy, but yeah, really sad to, to hear about his passing. So, uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on uh, Carl Weathers? Well, I mean, it's we we've thankfully, well, at least for me, it's had a little while since we've had like a big childhood one like this. Yeah. And I mean, Rocky, huge. Action Jackson seemed to uh, always be around for like HBO or video stores or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I mean, he. He was always working, but nothing was ever going to be that big, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I end up forgetting he was in Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, action movie star of the era, and then did it really continue on? But then people, I, I credit Adam Sandler honestly. Mm-hmm. With bringing him back, it's like, hey, this is just a cool guy that we all liked a lot when we were younger. Let's let's do something with him again. Yeah, and I don't know if it was a matter of like a better agent or just him being a very nice, charming individual that people are just like, I like him. I'm gonna hire him. Yeah, you know, and I kind of think he just had, uh, no matter what he was in, no matter how big or small the part is or was, he always had a charisma around him for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a charisma that wasn't, it wasn't acting, it wasn't being fake, it was just genuine, he had it. Yep. 
You know, and I think we saw that through everything he did. And then, I mean, he was scheduled for a, a Super Bowl commercial there. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead, still did the commercial, and just had like a little tribute for him on it. Yeah. Yeah, you that know, like was he's just that that well respected. Yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, so his character was named Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. And I, I was, uh, it kind of makes me sad now because, like, they're doing that Mandalorian movie. I'm sure he would have been in it had he, oh, you know, you know, not passed. But yeah, it just, just sucks. Like even, yeah, you know, even at 76, like, you know, to me, that's still pretty young. You know, when when we got people living in into their late 90s, like, you know, mm. but well, we know the deal that James Earl Jones signed. Uh, with Lucasfilm to use his voice for Vader through, yep. you know, AI, computer generation, whatever there. I, I don't know what deals anyone has, but let's say Carl Weathers, for example, and you're about to make a Mandalorian movie. Hey, can we do something with your image? And, uh, you know, whatever we would have given you, we'll give to your estate or your kids or whatever. So you can still be a part of this. Yeah, you know, who knows? Like, I, I, I think if, if deals like that aren't already happening, I think they will be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we there's... Um, I can't remember if we talked about it last time or not. Um, but I mean, there's rumors that people who have passed have already recorded things for stuff that haven't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, given permission for their likeness to use. And it's not like these deals have to be public, you know, like it's not that we got to know that, you know, said actor has agreed to, you know, this with a movie company or whatever. Yeah. But it, it could mean that, you know, we get to see people once more. Granted, it's not actually them. Yeah. But it'll still be something. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Lucasfilm is already you know, played with that with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, in that, Rogue One. That that looked good, too. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Like, the Princess Leia one, not I, not so much. It did seem off to me. Um, but, like, honestly, like, like the more you watch Rogue One, it's like, you know, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty darn good, but it's not 100%. But for someone who doesn't know Star Wars, like my son, like, him and his friend went to Rogue One when it was in theaters, and I asked him, I was like, you know, so what'd you think of those scenes with Grand Moff Tarkin? And I had to explain who he was in the movie. Mm. And he he had no idea that that was a computer-generated person. He had no clue. I was like, well, that's good. You know, like, that's, you know, like, of of course, like, I knew, because, like, I knew uh, Peter Cushing passed away in 1994, I believe. So, like, I knew it wasn't him, but you know, for someone who doesn't know, like, you know, they were able to pull it off. Yeah, like, when I first saw Rogue One, um, I had no idea Grand Moff Tarkin was in it. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, I knew the actor had passed, but, like, I had no idea that was there. Yeah. And so it took me by surprise. I'm like, oh, wow, this looks, like, really good. And I had been tipped off a little bit about the Leia thing because um, you had Carrie Fisher just died before that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'd seen something but I didn't know 
And I was just so excited to see it, and I loved what they had done. Now, I've seen Rogue One a few times since. I'm like, okay, I can I can see the flaws of the CGI here. Yeah. But upon initial viewing, not knowing it's there, it's great. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, maybe it's just one of those things that does look better on the big screen. Like, you don't notice it as much. Um, you know, that's possible. Because, like, um, my, when uh, my kid and I, we went to Spider-Verse again in theater. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just straight up beautiful. Like, yep. there, there there could have been flaws. I didn't notice them at that point, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, anyway, yeah, it's, you know, tragic. Passing Carl Weathers. Um, so next up, uh, I have Toby Keith. I'm not a, I'm not a country music listener per se, but you know I do like some country music. I, you know I I would say I am a Garth Brooks fan. I will say that. Uh, but I know who to- Toby Keith was, and and I knew of him. So I like honestly I didn't realize he uh, was battling cancer. That that surprised me. Uh, so when he passed away, I was kind of shocked. Um, so Toby Keith uh, passed peacefully last night on February 5th. This is a statement. Uh, surrounded by his family, he fought his fight with grace and courage. Please respect the privacy as, of his family at this time. So that was uh, a post from Facebook. I, I think probably from his publicist. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it, it again, it's, uh, you know, terrible. I think he was... I want to say in his early 50s. Like, he wasn't, like, maybe 56, something like that. Um, but, uh, Kev, do you have any any uh, thoughts on Toby Keith? I, I mean, again, I'm kind of with you. Of, I'm not that big into, I'm mm-hmm. not really into country, but I know his songs. Yeah. You know, I, I know of him. Um, he came along, there was like a golden age of country music um in the states we had two country music stations kind of like what mtv used to be but there were two country ones okay uh cmt country music television tnn the nashville network Mm -hmm. um and when i was in high school all the pretty girls like country music Mm -hmm. so if you wanted to know what the girls like you watched the country music channels yeah we would sit down and watch them and this was also like um, I'm trying to think. Like Toby Keith. Um, oh my God, I can't remember the people right now. Super th- call. Super Tim McGraw. Yeah, Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. Um, uh, Faith Hill. Yeah. Um, Shania. You know, like it was a golden age. It's like if the girl singing wasn't a ten, the girl in the video was. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, well, I was just watching this for to have something to talk to the girls about, but now there's something I've been doing here, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember from that, and then the crazy thing, and this is no disrespect to to him at all. It's just, like, what immediately pops in my mind. <coughs> the giant mall, it's like 30 minutes away from me, mm-hmm. had uh, Toby Keith at one point put his name on a line of restaurants. Okay. Uh, I love this bar and grill. Because he's got... One of the songs was I Love This Place or something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, So he's got this chain of restaurants. Well, the one uh, 
that was around me about 10, 12 years ago, it closed up in the middle of the night. Hmm. Malls closed. This was one of the like destination sit down restaurants that had like a, you know, its own entrance outside of the mall and everything. Yeah. And middle of the night, some crew came in, took everything out of there, put up a sign, we're closed. Um, some employees knew, some didn't. You know, like some people are showing up the next day, like, oh, I don't have a job anymore, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, and then it turned out, and I'm, I'm forgetting details a bit with time here. So if anyone fact checks me, I'm apologizing up front. Uh, it turned out that the person that owned all of them, because it was one of those things where like Toby Keith just put his name on it and yeah. would show up for like grand openings and then that's all he had to do with it. He probably got like some financial cut for having his name on it. Yeah. But the person actually running it had like screwed over a mob and was now in witness relocation. Yikes. And had to like bail real quick and get off the grid. Yeah. Which also that dumping all the assets. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, you know, FBI level federal story that's happening. And and meanwhile, we're like, oh, the restaurant must not have done that well. You know, like a bloodiest all the stuff going on that came out like months later. Yeah. But like for some, it was such a crazy story around here that here I am many years later, you know, this musician with who God knows how many gold records and everything dies. And the first thing I think of is the shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you had mentioned like CMT and, and, and TNN or yeah, TNN. Um, I, yeah, I remember him from, from, yeah, definitely CMT. Um, the Nashville Network, because that changed to... It was the National Network, and then the... it became the National Network, and that's when yeah. they got Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And then they became Spike TV for a while. Yeah. And actually, it's like some good stuff on it when there was Spike TV. And then Spike TV got bought out as like a part of a CBS deal, and they're technically rebranded as the Paramount Network now. Oh, okay. It... Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much like a dumping ground for... It's just like a 24-hour movie channel of whatever movies that they have in their library. Yeah. So it's like, we own this channel, we own these movies in library, so, you know, we're pretty much just making money off of the commercials, and we don't have any other overhead for this channel now. Yeah. I, I get it, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's a future topic that might be interesting with the Canadian-U.S. thing, but all these niche channels that actually have like cool fun stuff on them are gone yeah uh, i was thinking of like every so often i'll think oh god i remember that channel and you know things that were on it that i've never seen since yeah well and i mean we 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 have talked about this in passing sometimes like i know like cmt yeah. like up in canada like i know what's like in the states but they used to have like the the cmt top 20 like it was something that they would play every day like the top 20 music oh, videos yeah. But now it's like just reruns of Frasier, Everyone Loves Raymond, Three's Company, King of Queens. It's like all these reruns. And The Office, it's on CMT. I'm like, what the hell does The Office have to do with country music? But yeah, it's it, it's sad. You know, like I, I, you know, even going back, you know, to the Nashville network, like I remember as a kid, 
um, you know, sometimes where we lived, we would get the Nashville network on our little cable thing that we had. Um, cause it, it would, it would jump from TN, TNN to the Disney channel to HBO. Like that's where the, the cable, it's not a cable company, but it was like the person that ran the cable, you know, it was dependent on what station they were tuned to that we would get to watch as well. Um, so I remember watching, uh, the Grand Ole Opry on TNN. Like, I, yeah. I remember that was always a big thing for, like, my, my mom really liked watching that. Uh, you know, maybe grandma and grandpa might come over to watch it. But, you know, it just, it, it, yeah, it's just a shame that these, you know, niche channels have, you know, gone the way of the dodo. It just sucks. So just my, my own curiosity here while we're talking uh, mm-hmm. CMT still has country music videos on from 4 a.m. until 9 a.m., and that's it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the peak hours. The peak hours that people want to watch it, and otherwise it's random sitcoms. Like, Reba at least makes sense. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, there's a Hot 20 countdown on the weekend. Oh, Okay. On Saturday, and I, actually, the next one up as we're recording is the Women of Country 2024. Hmm. So apparently, the stuff they got me and my friends into it freaking 25 years ago. They they found a, a format that works. They just don't do it that often. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then okay, so we got Hot 20 <clears throat> Countdown, Next Women of Country 2024, and then it's nothing but random movies for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Like jeez. Well, and and like I like yeah, to go on a quick tangent. Like we we've talked about this before, but like up here in Canada, we got the CTV Sci-Fi Channel. Like that's what space is called now. Like we used to have yeah. the Space Channel. Now it's called CTV Sci-Fi Channel. And they show like um one of the one of the shows on it is uh oh what's that show called now? Uh, it's with Nathan Fillion. Um, Rookie? No, the one before that. Um, Castle. Castle. Yeah, the show reruns a castle. I'm like, what does this have to do with science fiction other than Nathan Fillion himself was in Firefly? And yeah. I, I remember seeing an interview with him, and they were telling him that. They're like, do you know you're on the CTV uh, Sci-Fi channel? And he's like, why? He you know, for what? Or no, like he, they told him the castle was on. He's like, for what? And they're like, well, because because of you. And he's like, really? That that's the criteria, you know. But yeah, just silly. But anyway, uh, let, let uh, did you have any other celebrities that passed that uh, I may have missed? No, I, I knew this was going to be our our two. Okay, that's you know that's good that it's only two. Um, so let's move on to the next segment, um, which is, uh, Chris's Soapbox. So this is an opinion segment that I do occasionally where I, I stand on a soapbox and, um, yell at the clouds and then, uh, yeah, we could talk about it if, uh, if we want to. Um, so anyway, I, I started, uh, the new season of, of the original Law and Order. So this is like season 23, I think is uh back on the air and i'm enjoying it you know like it's it's very formulaic at this point like you know 20 minutes into the 
show, you know, they're going to come across a suspect, they're going to have to run after him because he's going to run away as soon as he sees them. And, you know, it's, it's very formulaic. Um, but the one thing that kind of bugs me is I, it doesn't feel real anymore. Like law and order, like when you would go to the cop station, it, it felt like it was lived in, like it was grimy. It was, there's paper everywhere. People are drinking bad coffee. Um, you know, they're complaining about, you know, this and that. And, and, you know, it, it felt real, but it just seems like, I don't know. The, these last few seasons and plus i want to say since like maybe 2005 um that you know like now the detectives are all wearing like designer suits and you know um they're i don't know it just doesn't feel real anymore it feels like um you know they cast all these pretty people to play these characters now there's people, you know, like it, you don't have your Len, uh, Lenny Briscoe anymore. Um, now everyone's, you know, like I said, designer suits, designer shoes. And I just, it doesn't feel real. Like it doesn't, you know, like it doesn't feel like, you know, the, back in the nineties, like when Law and Order was in its prime, you know, like you, it, it really felt like you were in New York city when they were, you know, and I mean, they were in New York city, they were filming in, in there you know, and they would have real uh, New York actors and and such, you know, in these roles. Um, but nowadays it just feels like, I don't know, it doesn't, it feels different. Like it's, I'm detached from it because it, it, everyone's, like I said, like the, even, even the cop station is, you know, everything's organized and painted nice and it doesn't feel gritty. It doesn't feel like this is a real place anymore. Other than that, it's good. You know, like the stories are good, the acting is good, um, but you know, just I don't know. Like it's like they took a cue from CSI, and now everyone's like a mo you know a model slash cop or something. Like it just it's too much. It's too much. Um, Kev, did did you have any thoughts on that? So I I don't do SVU or similar shows. Yeah, because um, I I have a limit on what I can tolerate and and, and accept. Yeah, and I've done it here before. Like crime shows don't provide an escape for me. Mm -hmm. I understand they do for many. I understand a lot of people like true crime as an escape. It's not an escape for me, so I I can't do it. Yeah, but SVU is on before Monday Night Raw mm -hmm. and before NXT on Tuesdays, and, like, other things. Like, oh, here's the thing I want to watch at 8, I've turned at 7.50, Law & Order's on. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm somewhere else and they're watching it. It's, it's a show that's impossible to escape. So, I've seen it. You know, I, like, I don't, I don't watch it. I've been in the room when it's been on, you know? Yeah. And then, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to take care of myself, so I was at a gym the other day, and they had all the TV screens, Law & Order's on many of them throughout the day. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm kind of paying attention, and I, I've had exes that have watched it, so, I mean, nothing stuck with me, but I'm aware of it, and aware of what it started out as, and what it is now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's similar to many other things. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of putting this thought together as we talk, but I might be on something here. 
So like we just mentioned with TV channels, there are many that yeah. had um, a feeling to them. They had an atmosphere, and then they all kind of got washed away, and they're all just corporate channels now. Yeah. So MTV being the worst example of it. Um, McDonald's. I don't know about yours up there, but ours are all gray. Yeah. What yep. happened once they had color in it? Mm-hmm. And, and a cloud and you know, like something to make you feel inviting. Is it for kids? Yeah, but side tangent there. Sorry, people. McDonald's is for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like and, and anytime you want McDonald's, you don't want McDonald's because there's better food out there. You want the nostalgia of feeling like a kid again. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember how good I used to feel when mom or dad or grandma grandpa took me to McDonald's. I got my Happy Meal and I got to play and I got a toy and I I had this bonding experience. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. From McDonald's, not oh geez, I really want a crappy hamburger right now. Yeah, um, magazines. You and I both write things, not mm-hmm. as much as we would like, but we do. And we've both looked into. I wonder if I could get this printed somewhere. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I could get this to a bigger audience. And that used to be a wider market and more niche things, more interesting things. And now that's all bland and cookie cutter too. I picked up a new writing magazine, and the articles are good, but the layout is boring. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is. Ju- I've seen newspaper, like I've seen like carbon paper with more color than this stuff. Yeah, like, it, it's terrible. So, Law and Order, I think all that's gone to make a mass-produced show. Oh, hey, we've been on twenty plus years. We need to do twenty more episodes. Here's the formula. Get it out. At this point, Law and Order, I don't feel is like, here's a show that you need to invest in. I feel like here's a resume builder for people. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, you were on an, or- an episode of Law and Order. That'll look good when you try out for this movie. Or you're a director for an episode. Or a writer. Or a camera person. Or a producer. Or whatever. I feel like it's, hey, here's a thing that has been working for so long and it's so well run, we can work other people into this and still chug along. Mm-hmm. So our actors are so good and work so well together. We can have random other people come in and act this week to use as your resume builder, and then when you become famous, people will be like, oh, I'm not, I didn't know they were on an episode of Law and & Order. Yep. And our machine, our Law & Order machine just keeps moving along. We'll move on the next week without you and the week before without you. And work into this one. And that's all it is right now is just like, oh, it's, well, I don't know what day it airs. Like, oh, it's Thursday, 9 o'clock. We better have a new one out. Yeah. Let's just put something out there. Like, I, I, I think your, your lack of it feeling real and gritty and everything is also the art is gone from it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a product. Yeah. Well, you know, like back in the day, Law and Order, like, there was episodes that people talked about. There's, you know, because they were, yeah. you know, uh, ripped out, out of the headlines, like they say, you know, like it's, you know, a lot of episodes are, and people would talk about them. But now it's like nobody talks about them, you know? No, they, they I mean, they, I don't want to say they would get in trouble. They would get attention for things. Mm. Hey, this case is still ongoing. Yeah. And they turned out an episode on it. Yeah. Or, like, I, I, sw- I could be misremembering. I probably am, but I feel like some show put out their, you know, sensationalized, fictionalized 
TV show version of a case before the trial. And they were worried about the episode swaying potential jurors. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember this from one of the shows. Yeah. Like, it... I don't want to say it mattered, but it was contributing to the... It, it was contributing to public discussion. Yeah. Which which then can lead to conversation, can lead to knowledge, can lead to something beneficial. Yeah. Well, yeah, when's the last time anyone's like, oh my god, did you see Law & Order? That episode really made me think. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, not to say that it's terrible. Like, I mean, the newer episodes are still better than, you know, a lot of other television out there, like, to be honest with you. Like, I, I still enjoy watching it. I just miss, you know, the good old days. Like, when it felt real. Like, it felt like you, they were really shooting in a police station. Whereas now, it's like, it feels like a studio. Yeah, it, it feels like factory output. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that that's... Honestly, that's just the way, you know, Hollywood is, I guess, nowadays. Like, yeah. e- even even with, like, Star Trek. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned, you know, like, when the... Last year, when they brought the Enterprise D back and the crew stepped on the bridge and... It felt like you were there. Like, it was like, this, you know, this is what I've been missing. Like, the other Star Trek, the new Star Treks with the new bridges, doesn't feel real. Doesn't feel like this is a real place. And that's because a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is, you know, they use green screen and fill things in. And maybe they're doing that with Law & Order, too. Like, maybe some of it is, you know, you know, green screen filmed. I I don't know. Maybe that's why it doesn't feel real. Um, but, you know, you know, like say the bridge of the discovery or the bridge of the, you know, the enterprise on strange new worlds, it doesn't feel real because it's not. Whereas when, when they stepped on, when they recreated that bridge from the next generation and they actually stepped into it, it felt real. And maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But anywho, um, I had another thing on the soapbox. And the the only reason um, I bring this up is because I think it was detrimental to my Edmonton Oilers. Um, So for people that don't know, the Edmonton Oilers were on a winning streak uh, recently. Like, in the NHL, the team that has the longest winning record, so like no losses, just straight wins... Uh, sits at 17, and that is from the, I believe, the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Edmonton Oilers already passed uh, all the every Canadian franchise that's ever played. Like they've, like the record from Wayne Gretzky's era, I think, was like 13 games or something. So they've already got past that. They got past the Montreal Canadiens that had the Canadian record, I think, at 14. Um. So they were they were right up there. They were they ended up tied for second place because the Columbus Blue Jackets, believe it or not, Columbus Blue Jackets. I just blew my mind that they were the second second winningest team in NHL history with 16 games. So now the Oilers are tied with them, but they lost their 17th game that would have put them tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins for number one. And I think the reason for this is because they had an, an all-star game. So for pe- people that don't know, like with the NHL, Major League Baseball, 
Um, those are the two. And I, I know the NBA does it too. Um, they'll have what they call uh, um, an all-star break. So, you know, they'll take a week out of the schedule, give most of the players time to rest, and then the top players go play each other. Usually it's like East versus West um, in, in Major League Baseball. It's National League versus American League. Um, you know, their top players play the other top players in, in, in a game. And there's, you know, skills competitions and all that kind of stuff. So when they hit the 16 mark, then they went into this break. So they were so the way the Oilers schedule worked, they were actually out of action for 11 days, which I think really screwed them over because, you know, they were on a streak. They were on a hot streak. They were, you know, going out there. Like, I think if they would have played, you know, another two or three games, you know, without a break, they probably would have got that record. I think having them sit idle, not all of them, um, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl went to the NHL All-Star game, but the rest of them basically got the week off to, you know, go hang out with family, go to Florida, go to Vegas, whatever you want to do. And I just think it, as a result, the Oilers ended up losing. And and to me, I, I did, and it's not just the NHL; it's it's Major League Baseball because I'm I'm also a baseball fan. I just find I get so annoyed with the these All Star games because it's like, yeah, it cut it puts a stop to the season temporarily, and it's just a bunch of goofy shenanigans. Nothing, you know, like nothing really comes of it. Um, like I know last year the NHL All Star game was a well, it was just a joke because it was down in Florida. Their skills competition, you know, like they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts and stuff while they're skating, and it's like, what, what, you know, like they're not taking it seriously. Like at least this year, it was in Toronto. I think Connor McDavid had like some say in how the how the skills uh, competition was laid out, so it was a little bit uh, more orientated toward towards actual skills in hockey, not just you know players goofing off um but other than that it's like i like it's not special anymore like i just don't care i'd rather just see the players and teams continue on and like maybe at the end of the season you guys can do an all-star game you know whoever's interested you know after the stanley cup's been decided you know like let's do it then but then people argue and say well you know the the players they need a break they need a break you know they they deserve some time off and i'm thinking to myself well i'm sorry i got i got no sympathy for professional athletes that make more in a year than i make probably in a lifetime you know like these guys are are this is their their sport this is their craft you know you can rest after the stanley cup or after you know the world series um you know, you don't need a, a break in between. Like, you know, you're, you know, like, for example, um, like not even um, one of our, you know, absolute top players, but there's a player in the Oilers, he's signed to a nine million uh, five-year contract. And it's like, you know, this dude's getting paid over a million dollars a year, um, you know, almost $2 million a year. You know, I think he can. You know, I think he can tough it out. You know, till 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 the end of the season. Like, I don't think he needs a break. Like, to be honest with you, 
And I mean, if they if that week means so much to them, then maybe they should consider a different profession. You know, like I'm sorry, I got no sympathy for people that are being paid paid uh, millions of dollars and and uh, you know essentially on the backs of fans. You know, like when you're paying over a hundred dollars to go watch a game for you know just a regular seat ticket like that's it's ridiculous you know i mean when you got to go pay ten dollars for a thing of popcorn and and you know seven dollars for a hot dog and i'm told like i don't drink beers anymore but i guess beers are like up to like fifteen dollars a pop uh you know pop like uh soda whatever you want to call it that's almost like ten dollars a thing when you go to these games, like, I'm sorry, like, I got no sympathy for these, these athletes, you know, like you could, you know, and I just, I, I, again, I don't think it would have bugged me as much as it did this year because the Oilers were on the cusp of, of making NHL history. And I really think they could have done it had they not had that break, had they not been, you know, sitting idle for 11 days. So anyway, um, you know, if they, if, I, I, I think they should move the All-Star Games to the end of the season or, you know, prior to the start of the season, you know, like, you know, right after training cap, you know, you could take a week for doing an All-Star Game or maybe, you know, have it be like the Olympics where it only happens like every, you know, four years. Like, so it's something special. Like when I was a kid, I don't know, NHL All-Star Games seemed more special. Nowadays, they just seem like nothing. Like they're not. There's no, it's not fun anymore. Um, so anyway, that that's my rant. I, I don't know if you have anything to say about All Star Games there, Kev. But, well, and I totally understand. And it's not like, all right. I mean, baseball is the longest season with most games. Yeah, there's still there's still an off season, and all these sports. Granted, I'm not you know the sports expert, but you're not playing. Every inning or every quarter, or every play, mm-hmm. you know, like you you go in and out. You know, there there are breaks. There there are things that happen that every player is not playing the entire time of the game. And then, depending on the player, a lot of them don't play in every game. Oh, I played yesterday. I'm going to take today off. Yeah, and I'll play tomorrow. You know, whatever it might be. So there's stuff in there now. I was just thinking with, with you mentioning, um, you know, when to put all-star games and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know that it would work, but just an idea. What about like halfway in between seasons? Like so, in the middle of the summer break, you mean? Like, if, yeah. like for hockey? Yeah. Yeah. No, like in the middle of the break. So, yeah. hey, um, you know we're ha- we're halfway away to opening day. Here's the All Star Game as like a, a TV special, and people that are fans of the sport, fans of football, fan of hockey, fan of baseball, basketball, whatever. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen these people play in months. Mm-hmm. I'm curious now to see how they're doing. They're fresher, and then. Hell, spin it for the gambling. Oh, geez, he looks great this year. Look how much work he must have been doing in, you know, off season. Yeah. Oh, this person's not looking good. 
oh, this team's, you know, these two people, uh, someone got traded now, these two people are on the same team, and look how well they're working together already. Yeah. Like, I bet there's a lot, like, I think just your gambling one alone, I think you could get a lot in there. Yeah. And, and just milk it. Yeah, I know. I know some people would argue and say, "Well, it has to be in the middle of their season because then they're, you know, like in the thick of things." Whereas if it's in the middle of summer, you know, they there might be some atrophy, you know, from not from being on a break, right? So they might not be at their top performing. Keep, keep going. I, I have thought for that. Keep going. Yeah. So I like I, I I don't agree with that. I like like I said like. These All Star games, ultimately, because um, you know, it was something Connor McDavid said, like when he was saying, you know, we do this for the fans, and I'm thinking to myself, well, as a fan, I wish he wouldn't do it, you know, like, like to me, like the All Star game doesn't mean anything. I it really doesn't. Like that, I remember as a kid, you know, like because there was, um, like now they divide the NHL from East. East and West, but back in when I was a kid, there was the Campbell Conference and the Wales Conference. Uh, so basically, all the Eastern teams were in the Wales Conference, all the Western teams were in the Campbell Conference. So it was like a, it seemed a little bit more competitive, like you know our conference versus your conference. And back then, there there wasn't as much interconference play. Like most, you know, like the Oilers would play more against local teams, for example, than, you know, say, playing New York teams. Um, you know, they might hit them up once a year type of thing. But now it's more frequently uh, because, um, I guess, with the ease of, of travel and, and uh, you know, TV rights and all that kind of stuff, like everything is, you know, on a national level now that, you know, they, they could do more interleague play for lack of a better description um but back then there wasn't as much so it was kind of cool to see you know mario lemieux playing against uh wayne gretzky in the all-star game because you know they didn't really meet each other very much during the season but now it's like it's not a like don't like it's not a big deal like it's just eh. it's just one of those things like um as a hockey fan you know, like the like, you know, to, to coming out of this uh, NHL All Star break, like it was announced, like Gary Batman, the commissioner of of uh, the NHL, announced that they're going to allow the players to compete in the next Winter Olympics, which is 2026, I believe, because um, the last couple Olympics, the uh, NHL wouldn't let their players play in them. Um. So that was a bummer uh, because now the Olympics is supposed to be the best athletes for the sport that, you know, they're in, right? So if the NHL isn't at the Olympics, then it's not really our best athletes playing in the hockey tournament. It's just not. Um, these are the guys that weren't good enough to make it to the NHL because in the hockey world, the NHL is the elite. It is, you know, the top league. Um, so the fact that, you know, like that was announced during this, that was the only thing I was excited about was the fact that uh, 
the NHL is going back to the Olympics. Uh, I think that's amazing because you know, and I and when the, when they cut it when they cut that out, like the reasoning was, you know, we got these. Um, it, it, ironically, it's it, Gary Bettman hated it because it interrupted the hockey season, and it's like, yeah, but you guys already do that with the All Star break, like just cut that out, yeah. like. But anyway, um, but they, but you know, the owners and uh, managers and stuff were worried that their, you know, top players are going to play in this tournament, and what happens if one of them breaks a leg or breaks an arm? You know, Connor McDavid goes to the Olympics, and and now he's out for the rest of the NHL season with a broken arm. You know, so uh, that's a real risk. So I get that from a business perspective. You don't want to you know, have your top talent get hurt in a tournament that has nothing to do with your, your league. Um, but at the same time, I felt for the players because for some players getting an Olympic medal, whether it be, you know, gold, silver, or bronze, that's all they're going to get. You know, like statistically, it's very, it's almost impossible to win a Stanley cup as a hockey player. Like, I'm not talking, like, top players. I'm just talking, like, an average player. Most hockey players that go into the NHL will never be a Stanley Cup champion. That's just the reality of it. Um, But they could potentially be uh, a medalist for their country in that sport that they play. Um, Like, you know, using... um, for example, uh, an Edmonton Oiler, Ryan Smith, you know, um, he played for the Oilers for many seasons. He also played for Colorado and I want to say the Islanders. He played with them for a season or two. Um, he never won a Stanley Cup, but he's won gold medals for Canada in the Olympics. Um, he's won world championships uh, for, for Canada. So he ha- like he has medals uh, on his resume. Like he's an Olympic met- gold medalist, you know. And I, to me, you know, like it's not as you know, if you're a hockey player, it's not as uh, you know, it, it's not a Stanley Cup, but it's pretty damn close. So you're more likely to win a medal for your country than you are to win a Stanley Cup. If, if they're able to compete. So I, I was super excited about that. But uh, sorry, Kev, um, did you have anything to add? I kind of cut you off there earlier. No, 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 you're fine. It was, it was okay. a, point of, a little bit ago. Um, the Well, we, we can't do a thing halfway in between or, mm. you know, need the rest or whatever. And, yeah. Like, Babe Ruth era, these are guys just showing up. You know, they show up first day spring training, which was yeah. why you needed spring training. And they're out of shape, and they look like crap, and they need to get back into shape, which was the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, this is these guys' full-time job that they're paying a crazy amount of money for. Yep. So your job is to be in shape for the extension of your career slash your contract. Yep. That is your job. You, 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 your job is to look better than I do. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're supposed to be doing here. And, and I mean, and that's the same with, with, uh, hockey as well. Cause, and it's crazy how much hockey's changed. I want to say in like the last 25 years. Um, cause back 
in the the Oilers dynasty era, it it was pretty common knowledge that you know, like if you if you were to go to uh, an Oilers game, guaranteed if you knew where they were going, you would see the Oilers at a bar afterwards, and they were partying, like they're like they were drinking. I don't want to say there was drugs, but there's probably drugs. It was a it was you know party atmosphere, you know. But nowadays, that's not the case. Nowadays, it's like these guys are training. They're constant, you know, eating properly. They're, you know, they their uh, trainers are watching their diets. There's no partying. Um, like these got these guys are in peak physical condition. Like it, like and and I've you know people, I've heard the argument you know that people say like they you know the Edmonton Oilers back in the day you know they, they you know they. They would just mop the floor with uh, the NHL players of today, and I'm like, no, they wouldn't. You know, it's nice to think that because they were an awesome team, but they were also playing against people that were drinking and doing drugs. You know, so it, you know, like they were all like that. But now, you know, most NHL players, you know, even a, even an average NHL player would skate circles around those teams from the '80s. You yeah. know, just because they're in such phenomenal shape compared to what they are, um, like you know, Wayne Gretzky's my you know my favorite hockey player of all time. But if you were to take him, use a time machine, bring him from the '80s to now, he he wouldn't be able to compete with Connor McDavid. Like there, like there's no way. Uh, if you sent Connor McDavid back in time, he would have blown every record that Wayne Gretzky has or had. Uh, out of the water because those guys just go, wouldn't be able to compete with them. So yeah, you know, the the for them to do it, yeah, in the middle of summer actually wouldn't be like I don't think would be that bad because these guys are keeping themselves in shape during the summer. Um, the only thing uh, again would be you know taking away from their break. You know, like I I think having it either. At following the the NA, or the Stanley Cup playoffs, or actually, the probably the best time is to do it like a week before the regular season starts because they've already been playing a little bit. They're doing preseason games. They're already in hockey mode. Then you take the take that week to do the All Star game, and then you move into the season. Like I I just think that's the best time to do it, my personally. Um, but again, I think. Because, you know, the NHL All-Star Game is synonymous with winter. You know, in February and stuff, people feel like that it can't be moved. But I just, I, I think it should be. But anyway, sorry, I spent like a half an hour on that topic. I apologize. Um, and then my last little little thing on the soapbox before I step down is I got to say, you know, like... We, we kind of, you know, like, social media has, has gotten better in some ways. It's gotten worse in other ways. Um, and I know a few years ago, like, we were talking about, like, that controversy that Facebook was facing with the algorithm and, and you know, creating negativity and conflict on social media. Um, but I got to say, like, this year, and I, and I, and I, it's like this every year. Like, I just had my birthday uh, two weeks ago, actually, at the time of this recording, and you know, the well wishes and, and birthday wishes and everything that I received on social media was just awesome. Um, 
so I gotta say, you know, like for all the negativity surrounding social media and stuff, there is some positives. Uh, one of them, you know, was my birthday. Like it was, it was, it's so nice to see so many people wishing me a happy birthday. And I realize, like for myself, I get the notification on my phone that, you know, there's birthdays on my Facebook. So I just push the button and then I just hit the happy birthday, but you know, buttons and send the birthday wishes. But even that little acknowledgement, like that's enough to, you know, put a smile on my face for my birthday. And I, and like when my dad passed away in October, it was, it was heartwarming to see everybody, you know, like people that I don't necessarily talk to reach out to me and, um, uh, and get in contact with me. Like, um, actually, uh, cause I did the, the, a, po a podcast episode, uh, about, you know, where I read my dad's, uh, the write up I, I, I wrote for him at his, uh, uh, celebration of life. I, I recorded in podcast form because I was just so way simpler than trying to to do it on Facebook. Um, and actually, like people I've never even met who knew my dad or knew of my dad listened to that episode and reached out to me. So I, I you know, I made contact with people that I've never even met before that uh, my dad knew. Um, so yeah, you know, as much as as we complain about social media sometimes, like there is there is some positives of it. I you know. Um, like with anything, there's, there's good and there's bad, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there that, uh, I was very humbled, you know, this year in terms of social media. All right. So Kev, uh, did you, did you have anything for the soapbox? I do. I don't think I have a soapbox rant. Okay. I feel I'm, I feel I'm, I'm overdue for one. <laughs> Yeah, give it some thoughts. The soapbox is always there. It's easy to pull out, you know, to, to jump on, you know, anytime, anytime. Even if I don't do it, if you have a soapbox topic, just say, Chris, I got to get on the soapbox this week. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the news segment. So um, recently there has been more layoffs at CTV. So CTV is one of our um, networks up here in Canada, one of our television networks. Uh, about a year and a half ago, they had some layoffs where they got rid of some, you know, they got rid of their, their national news anchor. They got rid of a lot of, you know, key reporters and now they've done it again. They've laid off a bunch of, I think it's like 4,800 people. Um, they, they've shut down, uh, I think every affiliates new news, um, program is gone. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the breakfast programs are going to go here before too long. Um, and even though I don't watch these, like, I, like up in Canada, we got CTV, we got CBC and we got global and we got city TV, but city TV is owned by CTV. So it's kind of comes with it, I guess. Um, I, I'm a global guy. So, like, these layoffs don't affect me, although I do watch the CTV national news. So some of the reporters, there were some more reporters that got, that got laid off again. Um, but, yeah, Bell Media, like, they just buy up all these properties. And even though they, they've made record profits, but they've made it from the, the cellular telephone, telephone market versus the television market. Um 
you know, I just, I, you know, it's just sad to see these local TV stations getting getting the axe and these people losing their jobs. Um, and again, you know, watching the CTV National News and now there's these other new reporters on there, which I'm assuming they're there because they're probably cheaper. Um, it, it, it's just, it's kind of sad, you know, and I have, I've been noticing lately, like watching other, you know, once in a blue moon, I'll, I'll watch a CBC news program or a globe. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm a global viewer primarily and I'll see CTV, XCTV employees show up on these other, on these other networks. And it's just so weird. Like you didn't really see that a whole lot growing up. Like once in a while you'd see someone jump ship and, but now people are just trying to find a job. So it's just way more commonplace but uh yeah i'm just glad you know it, it sucks but uh, you know i'm just glad uh, global television isn't going through this because that would suck but uh kev I, I don't know if you have anything to if you have any insight on the ctv there, stuff not for ctv but what, what was it cbs maybe one of our local ones had uh, a big layoff in their newsroom okay and then um, there's been a lot of papers combining content or, mm -hmm. you know, oh, we're just going to, you know, we're not going to have like a dedicated sports department here. We're just going to farm that out. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. And I mean, like, this isn't a, I don't mean this in a political way at all, but if you don't have newspapers, Mm -hmm. and journalists and news programs and people saying huh that doesn't sound right let me do some investigating and talk to sources and piece things together then a lot of people are going to get away with a lot of stuff that's mm -hmm. going to hurt all of us because there's no one there looking into it yep yeah, and and yeah it's it, it sad you know like I, I, I was actually going to mention this with few episodes ago on the soapbox about how i miss newspapers um like th this in-depth coverage that you would get from a newspaper like now we're not getting that not like we used to um and like one thing i noticed like up, up here and i'm sure it's the same down there is yeah the sports reporting for the local news has been taking a hit i want to say like the last 20 years uh you know with with the sports network's news programs becoming bigger and bigger, you know, like, uh, like sports center and, and, and things like that. It's hard to compete against them. So I get that. But one thing I liked, uh, about local sports casters is them focusing on local sports. So you would get, you know, the, you know, find out about, you know, like the, this, uh, vol you know, this is just an example, but like a, like a local, high school volleyball team that went to the worlds and they flew to Denmark and competed in this volleyball tournament. Like you, you, you don't get that coverage on, on sports center, but you would get it on your, you know, if it's your local team, you would get it there. Now you're not really seeing stuff like that, which, yeah. which sucks, you know, like you'd see in these rising stars, you know, maybe, you know, for, you know, uh, an, an aspiring athlete that might be, you know, as far as they go. Um, so they're not getting the recognition like they used to like it, you know, like it, I don't know. It just sucks that, you know, all these, you know, and I mean, we can blame the internet, but 
I also know there is some business aspects to it. You know, it's like with anything, you know, overspending and, and, and inflated salaries. And, you know, I know that all factors into it too, but it's just, it's just a shame that we're losing all this. Cause I, I, I honestly think we're losing, we're losing something special. Oh, um, absolutely. And I mean, like, I, I remember um, a while ago, I was just like, I want, I like, I just want to sit down on a Sunday with the Sunday papers, mm-hmm. you know, like check out the ads, check out the comics, you know, just read whatever. And I probably, like, I can't remember. Let's say I spent $15, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, I'll, I'll get our local one, the next town over, oh, they have, like, the, the big city one here, you know, like... Yeah. And let me just see what's different. Let me check ads. Like, just kind of all over the place with it. Yep. And I think I read maybe one thing out of each one. And I'm like, this is the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. Like, this used to take all day to go through. Yep. Because there's so much interesting stuff. I'm like, there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. So as much as I want to support all of this stuff, you you got to give me something to support too, though. Yeah. Like you got to make it worth it for me to buy this. Yeah. Yeah, and and like where I live, like you know, the biggest city is is Edmonton to where I live, and. Growing up, like, uh, you know, you got the Edmonton, you know, you could either get the Edmonton Journal or the Edmonton Sun, whichever you preferred. We, like, I was always a Sun reader. Um, if I, you know, like, if you wanted to, like, say if you knew someone passed away and, you know, the, you knew that uh, their obituary was going to be out there, you would buy the Saturday Journal because they had, like, a big obituary section. Like, it was its own section of the paper. Uh, and then, like... Sundays, the Edmonton Sun would have, like, the big entertainment section. It would have the TV guide um, part of it. It would have, um, uh, you know, like, at the end at the end of the paper, they had, like, this true crime writer uh, from Canada. His name is Max Haynes. Um, I think that was his name. Max Haynes. I think so. Anyway, uh, he would do, like a like, a full-page story like a short story on a true crime and it was interesting because you know you learned learned some things from that and then of course you got the sunday comics the journal it was saturday they would have the saturday comics and now in in my my hometown that i live in the town that i work at you can't even get those papers anymore like i would literally have to go to edmonton to get one of those papers and i don't even think the edmonton journal has papers on the weekend anymore so you know it's just it's just sad it's you know and like we used to have a national paper called the national post i don't even know if that's in publication anymore because i haven't seen that in years but i imagine it is but but yeah the it just sucks you know especially you know if you're an aspiring journalist wanting to get into the whether it's television or newspapers or or something like that, you know, it just, you know, it, it's tough. But but anywho, 
the next bit of news I got. Uh, Catherine O'Hara has been officially cast in season two of HBO's The Last of Us. So, can, you know, from Schitt's Creek, uh, can, you know, she's a Canadian actress, SCTV. She's the mom from Home Alone. She's going to play a, a character on season two of The Last of Us. So I, I, you know, I'm 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 interested. You know, they have they've had some good casting in that show. Um, but um, hey, Kev, did you ever watch The Last of Us, the first season? I, I have never seen that. Really? Yeah, it it it's good. You know, like I I never played the game or anything, so I was just watching it because, you know, a lot of it was actually filmed in in Alberta, so that was cool. Um, you know, like some, some episodes were filmed in Edmonton. Some episodes were filmed in, uh, Calgary. The mountain scenes were filmed, uh, in Banff, I believe, or maybe it was Jasper. I can't remember now. Um, and then there was some, some, uh, uh, scenes and episodes that were filmed in, um, I want to say high river. It's a town south of calgary uh it's where they filmed superman 3 i want to say high river but anyway um yeah it's it's a good show it's it's really good pedro pascal's excellent um i can't remember the name of that actress she she was on game of thrones as well she's awesome but uh yeah interested to see Catherine o'hare so anyway um I was, you know, on YouTube, I watch a lot of those, like, police cam videos, because there's a lot of those nowadays, and I just find it interesting to see, you know, how people act uh, around cops, and, you know, (laughs) to be honest, I don't fully blame cops, I mean, they kind of... You know, like when when you hear of you know people being beat up by a cop or or even shot by a cop, it's like you got to realize they're dealing with some really crummy people. Um, even people that I don't think would normally be crummy, but because they're drunk or they're or they're high, they're just assholes. Um, so you know, I, I find it interesting. So anyway, I was watching one of these, and guess who shows up to be arrested for a DUI? No, Nicholas Bollea, so Hulk Hogan's son, oh. <laughs> was arrested for a DUI. I had no idea, but apparently this happened like two months ago. He's, um, he's had issues. Yeah, and so anyway, he, of course, so it's a body cam show, so guess who shows up? Hogan shows up, because he's, you know, showing up to, to, you know, take his darling son home, even though he's being arrested. Um... So, yeah, Nicholas Belay was pulled over after failing to move over. Uh, he refused to take a sobriety test. He was released from jail on a $500 bond. So, then I was like, I think there's, you know, if I remember correctly, wasn't he in, a, in an accident? So, I looked it up. Of, and, yeah, of course. He was in a, an accident, like, was it 15 years ago? A while ago now, yeah. Like, right, right after that show ended. Yeah, so he's got, you know, because I don't know if it's, you know, probably daddy's money. You know, he's got the sports car. He's out racing with his friend. 
Oh, yeah, he's done nothing to make money himself. Yeah, so he's driving like an asshole. Hits, it's, I think it was a light pole, but of course it hit on the passenger side. So the friend is like, like he's he's basically like a vegetable. Like he's he can't move, he can't walk. He's I don't know if he's a quadriplegic or what's going on, but like he he can't take care of himself. This guy's life is ruined. Like he's you know, like he'll never be normal again. And he was like a normal dude. And uh Hogan's son walks away with a without a scratch. I know he went to prison for like five months or six months or something. And then there was that uh infamous phone call that got released that you know when they were talking on the phone and you hear Hogan kind of being an asshole about this other guy because you know like they they were looking for compensation like his family and of course they didn't want to pay it and it's like really like your son just ruined this kid's life like this you know this family's gonna have to take care of him for the rest of their you know their lives like you know like I realize accidents happen and and you know your kid was acting like an idiot but and and maybe the friend shouldn't have been there in the first place but that's neither here nor there you got to you got to answer for your actions you know like you you hurt this kid through what you did you, you know and now now this nick you know nick uh, hogan or nicholas Balea, whatever you want to call him you know he's getting arrested for dui it's like Dude, have you not learned anything? You know? Well, I mean, they, they they don't learn. And it's also like, well, Dad bailed me out once, he'll bail me out again. And yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I think for a lot of us in life, like, we've all had bad times and had mm-hmm. family help us in life. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, here's my free rain here's my free check someone's always going to be there to bail me out it's like hey i'm at a bad spot yeah and i need help yeah and you are able to help me or you are offering help that i was too embarrassed to ask for Mm -hmm. and i will never be able to repay you back but i hope later in life someone will need help and i'll be able to help them yeah now Oh, dad bailed me out. Let me continue to be a screw up and not learn any lessons here. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's an argument to be made of, oh, the guilt over what happened has caused him to have an alcohol problem. Mm -hmm. There's a logic there. Not saying that's what happened, but there would be a logic to that. But, as much as I was, you know, a Hulkamaniac when I was a kid, I'm aware that Terry Belay is a bad person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think he was just like, he's on the road. He's not living a wholesome life. He comes home to kids he probably doesn't even know. Yep. He retires and then decides to exploit his children. Mm-hmm. For reality shows and stuff. So, oh, the only time my dad wanted to spend time with me was when it benefited him. Yeah. For a fake reality show. Like, of course the kids... I'm not I'm not excusing it and saying, like, no consequences, but, like, of course he's going to be screwed up. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and um, so two things. Like I know um, back, you know, the kind of the reality show that started it all in terms of, you know, these, you know, periphery pop culture people getting shows was the Osbournes. And I always thought back then when I was watching it, I was like, Jack Osborne's not going to amount to anything. Like, that's the kid that's going to be screwed up for life. But he's actually made a, a pretty decent life for himself. Like, I know he's got a show on, I want to say National Geographic, um, where he tries different, you know, like he does different things, like, you know, parachuting or, you know, do, you know, or going different places. I might be thinking of two different shows that he does. But... But he's he's actually doing something with his life, like he and he's got a wife and and kids and and you know he did not go the screwed up path like I thought he was going to, but that Nick no and, and, Nick and definitely did. He, yeah, he's got like some disease or something too, so like he's he's making the best of what he can do too. Yeah, like he's not he's not playing a victim. He's not laying down going, oh, I'm sick and frail and daddy and mommy's money will take care of me. Yeah. Like he's trying to do something for himself and be yeah. out there. Um, Kelly Osborne, like that you thought was going to be a joke is beautiful and is trying to like, just do good in the world. Just, you know, she has a wholesome, uh, um, attitude and trying yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. For the most part, except for that, when she was infamously on The View, and she was talking about uh, Donald Trump, and uh, she made a comment, and this was when Rosie Perez was, like, on The View, you know, sitting in that day. I don't know if she's a regular host or if she was just a guest, um, but she was, like, they were talking about illegal immigrants coming up through Mexico, and she's like, you know, and Donald Trump wants to put up that wall. Well, who's going to clean your toilets, Donald, if you put that wall up? And everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> what did you just say? And yeah, it's like, yeah. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, she, she is pretty good. Um, you know. I, I understand the point she was trying to make. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. Like, I, it's just the way... Not, not it's, yeah, it's not worded well. Yeah. I understand the point she was trying to make, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, get, getting back to the whole uh, Nick Hogan thing. So there was, yeah, the Jack Osborne thing. There was something else I was going to mention. Oh, um, so since I watched that video, because, you know, the YouTube algorithm you know, make suggestions for you. Um, I've been getting a lot of videos pop up about Hulk Hogan's lies about him lying about things. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I kind of knew that, but it's like, there's a lot out there, a lot of bullshit that he used to use to, to sling, you know, to make himself look better and cooler than he actually was. Um, and then I, I guess one of the things he get, he uses to get around it is, oh, I was talking about Hulk Hogan, not Terry Bollea, because there was one he was saying like he had like a ten inch dick, and he's like, oh, well, <laughs> Hogan has that. Terry Bollea is, is isn't quite that big. I was like, but you're the same person. But uh, I don't know. It's like yeah, he's trying to justify you know lying about things by saying oh that's that's the character. 
but you are the character. Well, anyway, it's it's it was just weird that all this came up based on watching that that video. Um, all right, so the last bit of news that I got is uh, the Super Bowl was last weekend. Uh, so for me, you know, being this year was really weird because I got rid of my satellite system, so I don't actually have CTV channels anymore. So I downloaded the CTV app because the Super Bowl is carried on CTV. So I thought I'd check it out. You know, like, I'm not a big NFL guy. I'm not an NFL guy at all, actually. But I thought, you know, my dad loved watching the NFL. Like, Sunday, Sundays, that's what he would do. So I was like, I, you know, maybe I'll check out the Super Bowl for dad. But no, you have to have a TV subscription to use the CTV app to watch the Super Bowl. So I didn't watch it. But... I was watching YouTube because they would post things after it was released. So I was able to watch the Deadpool Wolverine trailer that, that day. And also yep. uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes trailer. Yep. Amazing. Those, those like, I, I am so, so psyched. Like, I knew the Deadpool movie was going to be good. Like, Deadpool movies, I love them. Ryan Reynolds is amazing. He got Hugh Jackman back. I'm like, you know, this is a win-win. Like, this is going to be good. So I was happy to see that. But the one, like, I didn't even know there was another Planet of the Apes movie coming out. So when I saw this trailer, I was like, this looks really good. I Like, the last movie that came out, I can't even remember what it was called. I did go to the theater to watch it. And I did enjoy it. I really did. But this one, it's like they're, you know, it takes place 300 years later. So it's more akin to the original Planet of the Apes film in that, you know, humans are being hunted by apes and and, and that sort of thing. It, it really looks good. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm actually going to go that, you know, probably opening weekend to check it out. I'm, I'm that excited. Um, and yeah, the Deadpool trailer. I didn't see anything about Dune yet, but I that is coming out in less than a month, like in a couple weeks. So I am excited about that. I'm I'm really excited about Dune Part Two. Um, and then yeah, the the different commercials that uh, came out were, you know, interesting. Um, but uh, Kev, what, what were your thoughts on the trailers and the commercials? So I had um, I had my kid on Sunday. And I, I'm not a sports person at all. Yeah. Like, Super Bowl's always just been for the commercials for me. I really yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, he doesn't care about sports at all either. But uh, a couple weeks ago, there was, like, three wrestling things on at the same time. Mm. And I was just like, oh, God, what am I going to do? So I took the small TV out of the bedroom, and I put it in the living room next to the living room TV. Hmm. And I just have both set up. Cool. And, and then my, I had it taken down. My kid's like, Hey, that's not a bad thing. And yeah. he's like, instead of hooking and unhooking stuff, we could just have some things are only hooked up on this one. And some things are only hooked up on this one. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So like, you know, video game and Roku's on this one and this one has the DVD player and, you know, something else. I'm like, oh, that could work. Yeah. Um, so as I'm messing around with it, I grab a digital antenna and screw it into the small TV and I'm like, oh, I got like 50 channels on here. And it's, you know, the networks and then all these like 5.2, which is like, it'll be a random 
um, like when everyone went to digital, they had these split signals that mm-hmm. they discovered. So all these channels showed up. Like there's one called Laugh, L A F F, that's just like bundles of old comedy shows. Okay. And there's one that's a Western bundle, one that's an action bundle. It's just like, it's just a placeholder because they have the signal, so they need to put something there. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, that's fun. And then one of them was the CBS channel that had Super Bowl going. I was like, all right, we'll put that on here and mute it. We'll watch whatever we're watching on the big TV. Yeah. And if, if out of the corner of my eye, I see, oh, there's a trailer or there's something big happening, then we'll throw it up on YouTube and see what we missed. Yeah. He's like, all right. You know, <laughs> so he was down for that too. And then uh, it turned out he was sick of hearing about Taylor Swift stuff. So I, I had to get him going. I was like, her boyfriend's winning. <laughs> you know, just stupid stuff like that to mess yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, and by the end of the night, I'm like, well, now I got to see who wins. And I end up going overtime. But now I've switched from the TV to I have the Paramount app mm-hmm. because uh, I got it because he wanted to watch something. And then um, my mom, who has access to it, discovered that she can watch her soaps on it. Oh, so, nice. So I keep I keep the app for her. Yeah. But I was like, oh, Super Bowl's on this app. I'll watch, I'll put the app on my phone and can you know finish watching it while I'm falling asleep. Um, but to there was also I don't know if you saw this, Nickelodeon had their own version of the Super Bowl. No, I did not see that. Oh my gosh, Chris, try go go look. Okay. okay. Or like tomorrow when you're going through social media, try to find it or a YouTube best of. So they had the actors that do the voices for SpongeBob and Patrick at the Super Bowl or in the studio or whatever. Okay. With these like motion capture cameras on them that was recording them in real time. So it took their words, their movements immediately put it through this computer and then had SpongeBob and Patrick doing those movements and looking at each other and turning their heads and calling the Super Bowl. And there's like a 30 second delay in how long it takes to go through this. Okay, I think I did see some. I didn't. I didn't click on it, but I, I do think I yeah. remember something about that. Like a touchdown celebration, they had like CGI slime going everywhere. Yeah. Um, Dora would pop up to explain what certain football terms were. Like really fun, and there's like a lot of sarcasm goofing around with it too, but like really entertaining for it. Um, so if you find like a, you know, five minute best of or whatever, yeah. that's worth it. Cool. Um, so then uh, I saw the Deadpool trailer come up, 30 seconds on Super Bowl. We immediately went to YouTube to watch the full two and a half minutes. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, well, I got to watch Loki season two real soon here. Yep. Because I'm behind. But clearly that's going to have a big part of this. Yep. And I'm looking at different Easter eggs. I'm like this is multiverse and this is big. And then it clicks with me. I'm like, I'm going to have to explain this movie to so many people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my dad's going to call. He's going to be confused. I was like, I'm going to have friends call that are going to be confused. Cause I'm seeing stuff in here with my comic knowledge and everything. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be crazy. Like Wolverine from behind. I'm like, that's patch. That's patch and Matapur. Yep. Like they've never done. I don't think. I don't recall, but I'm like, they haven't done Patch, so I'm going to have to explain what's going on there. Yep. I was like, it looks like we're doing Battle World. We're definitely doing Secret Wars. It's looking like we're going to have, like, variations of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I was like, this movie's going to be nuts, but I'm going to have to explain so much. 
And then my kid, I'm like, I go, I will see the movie first. And I said, it's going to be rated R. Yeah. We know that. Let me see it and see why it's rated R. If it's rated R because they drop an F-bomb twice, I don't, you can see it. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about that. If it's rated R because even I'm feeling uncomfortable watching it, then you're not seeing it. Yeah. I was like, let, let me figure it out. Um, Planet Apes looks incredible, and I love how they've built the mythology for it. And it's crazy, like, granted, the first movie's a classic, but it is kind of silly for, like, makeup and stuff when you look back. And uh, and then, like, the later movies and TV show, like, you know, just got watered down. Mm-hmm. And then the Tim Burton one is freaking terrible. Mm-hmm. And to take all that and now make this reboot amazing franchise, like, wow, I cannot believe they succeeded so high with this you know new franchise for it yeah i like i always knew they could like you know like i'm 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 a huge fan of the original movies um so even like the makeup i I, you know in my head canon i always kind of explained it away that that's the evolution you know like they you know they've evolved so they don't quite look as apish as we would think but that's because of, of, of their evolution so that was like my little headcanon I always had. But I knew, like, I knew it could be done, and I, I was really hoping Tim Burton was going to pull it off. I mean, he pulled it off with Batman. I was like, why why wouldn't he pull it off with Planet of the Apes? But he didn't, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, these new ones, the rise of the Planet of the Apes, that, uh, the first one, um, there was a little bit of CGI that was a little hit and miss, uh, you know. But it just got progressively better as the series continued and this just looks amazing yeah so um i thought wicked looks really good i don't think i saw that trailer Uh, um honestly the trailer almost looked like emerald city mixed with hunger games okay Hmm. in a way like just for you know the the landscape and like everything and you know castles and futuristic and all um like futuristic but old at the same time. Yeah. Um and then uh was it yesterday? Yesterday or day before maybe. Um I don't know why they didn't debut it during Super Bowl. I guess they didn't want to spend the money. But they did a second trailer for the new Godzilla and King Kong movie that's out in a oh. couple months too. Which hmm. it's just it looks like dumb fun. Yeah. Like, I'm not going in expecting to see any acting awards performances. But I think I will be like, that was a fun movie of giant animals beating each other up. <laughs> so, right like right now, there's there's a Godzilla TV show, right? That yes. just came out? I, I, like, I've been hearing good things. I haven't watched it, but I heard it's really good. You know, it's, it's on Apple TV, which I'm not subscribed to, so I've not oh. seen it. Okay, but if it gets bundled on like a DVD or something that I can borrow, rent, what you know, like get a copy of or whatever, I want to see it. It's supposed to be part of the the MonsterVerse. Okay, which all this is tied into, and they said because um, someone I know or a podcast I've listened to or whatever had watched it. It's like <coughs> okay, it's on TV. So how how much Godzilla are we getting here? Like what what's happening? And the comparison was it's like Jaws. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
for actual on-screen time, there's not a ton, but it's always a presence. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I could I could go for that. I'd be interested in that. So, yeah, if, if I... It's not going to switch from Apple to another service, but if all of a sudden it's bundled on something or whatever and I can have access to it, I will. Yeah, well, and I do have Apple because I do watch stuff on Apple, so, I, I yeah, I definitely could check it out. Uh, it was recommended to me also to watch Masters of the Air. That's also on Apple+. Plus. Um, it's, I believe, like a World War II plane, you know, fighter plane drama. Oh, yeah. Um, I, and I know Austin Butler, who played Elvis in the Elvis movie, and he's going to be playing uh, uh, Fade Rafa in uh, Dune Part 2. Um, he's in it. So my, my sister recommended it. She said she has a hard time not seeing Elvis because, you know, he did such a good job playing Elvis, but um, I don't think she's going to have a hard time not seeing Elvis with when in Dune Part 2 because... <laughs> Fade Rafa, he's his head's shaved and and he's like his white his his skin is like white like snow, so he does not look like Elvis oh. at all. Like, well, you remember? Like, I don't know if you ever watched the Dune Part One, but like uh, the way Batista looked in that film, yeah, because they're they're cousins, right? Or no, are they? Co- no, they're brothers, but they're they're nephews to the to Baron Harkonnen, so. Uh, Fade Rafa is like the Baron Harkonnen's heir, and then um, uh, Beast Raban, which is Dave Batista's um, character. He's like kind of like the the Mad Dog type of character, like uh, what uh, Sir Gregor was to Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. That's okay. What what the Beast Beast Raban Harkonnen is for his uncle. He's, he's the guy that he sends out to kill people. Fade Rafa is also a killer too, but he's also being groomed to be, you know, the the next Lord Harkonnen. So, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him because that was a character that wasn't in the first part of the film. So, uh, like Dune Part One, but in the book, uh, he was he would have been in there. But I I understand like them wanting to like keep things separate. You know, because they were doing two movies and not one, so. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's gonna be a, gonna be awesome in a couple weeks when that comes out. But anywho, um, did you have any news that you wanted to throw out there, Kev? Chris, I'm I'm shocked. What did I forget? We we, we got Fantastic Four today. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, that just came, yeah, I just seen that. Um. Uh, Pedro Pascal, um, oh, what's her name? Her last name's Kirby. I remember that. Um, oh, she's, she's from The Crown, uh, season one and two, and she was also, she's also in the new Mission Impossible movies. Vanessa Uh, Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Which I love. Um, I love that last name because it's just so fitting with Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four. Awesome. Um, that guy from Andor. Who was great on it in Andor, and then uh, the other guy—he was the the punk rocker guy from the last season of Stranger Things. Uh, Joseph Quinn—is that the right one? I think so. And then uh, what's his name? Ivan Moss Bakrock. Yeah, that's the guy from Andor. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're all good actors. And Pedro Pascal, like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, 
like I know Reed wasn't ethnically Spanish ish like Pedro Pascal is. Um and, and I'm sorry if Pedro Pascal is not Spanish of Spanish descent. Um but he he has that like ethnicity type that, you know, is Spanish, I guess. Um but because it's Pedro Pascal, I can look past that because he's awesome and it's great casting. Still wish they went with John Krasinski, but you know, I understand them not doing that as well. Uh, but yeah, Vanessa Kirby's a great actress. She's awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm interested who they're going to cast as Dr. Doom. Because I've heard a couple different rumors. Um, I heard... Uh, oh, who was it that I heard? Not Jared Leto, but... Uh, oh, I don't like that idea at all. No, there's no. It was someone better than that. Um, crap, I can't remember now. But I was thinking like, that that would be good. Um, but yeah, I just I just hope they get this one right. And the picture that I put on Facebook, it was the four of them, and it had like almost like a retro looking Marvel Studios logo. So I'm wondering because. It, it that like that logo had like a 60s vibe to it at least that's how i felt looking at it i'm wondering if this is going to take place in the 60s if that's where they're going to be introduced and then i, I don't think they're brand new to marvel i don't think it's like oh hey we've been here at our lab you know, at the Baxter building or in our experimental lab and watching, you know, the Avengers bounce around and... Yeah, like the Eternals... Like, like what the Eternals were doing. It's like, well, we don't interfere. It's like, what? You know, like, but yeah. anyway, like, that that just bugged me in that from that movie. No, I'm thinking what... This is something that um, I talked about years ago, like when the other Fantastic Four movie came out. Uh, in 2016 or 2015 can't remember have the first movie take place in the 60s and then because of some timey-wimey you know space science experiment you know reed richards they end up in the future you know kind of like captain america where you know they're not frozen but they literally just ant-man style i guess you know with the quantum verse travel to the future and now they're stuck there uh i would love that i would love to see them exist in the 60s i would love to have some of that stan lee-esque dialogue you know i would love to see them flying in the in the fantastic car that looks like a like a tub um that can fly i would love to see that i would love to see the 60s era and then them get time displaced a la captain america and then end up in our time at some point I would even be okay if, like, we did a multiverse thing, and not so much that's the 60s, but that their world, well, in 2024, 2025, whatever, mm -hmm. feels like the 60s. That would be cool. You know, like, not, uh, um, almost like a steampunk thing mm -hmm. of, like, here's this how do we do modern technology type 
but with the technology that actually existed back then. Yep. But, like, okay, what if it's 2025, but they're still, you, you know, like, somehow they have uh, rotary cell phones. I don't know. Like, something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. Like, here's all this crazy stuff for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, somehow it needs to be, like, they're established, they're well, they're maybe not well-known, but, like, they've been on the board before, but for some reason, here's an explanation that they've been forgotten. Yeah. In in between here. And, yeah, there's, there's like, with them being the Fantastic Four, there's so many ways you can can work that in. Like, maybe, yeah. they, maybe they were just prevalent, but ever, you know, kind of like, you know, the character Sentry in Marvel. Like, people just forgot that they existed. You know, oh, like, oh, okay, but Sentry's already on the board for MCU. Yeah, I've seen something about that. Who Sentry's supposed to be the villain for Thunderbolts. Interesting. That yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Because you know, like he was kind of like going to be the Superman stand-in in Marvel, but not realizing they've already got Superman-level guys in Marvel, they just never really did anything with them. Yeah, because I mean, if Thunderbolts is Thunderbolts versus Sentry, it's pretty much Suicide Squad versus Superman. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But Sentry, well as powerful as Superman does not have the um, history of it. So they mm-hmm. can do whatever they want with him. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I just love that in the comic books. Like when they introduced him and then, you know, like he was a hero, but you know, I was it Reed Richards had something to do with everyone forgetting who he was because he basically went berserk. Yeah. And, killed a bunch of people and, and he is unhinged like when they did the dark avengers run um and he was part of the dark avengers and then norman osborn was kind of like using him you know kind of in his ear using his uh his um weaknesses to control him kind of like the way lex Luthor controlled captain marvel or shazam in kingdom come type of thing even though he was controlling him with worms in his ear, but that, you know that's the whole thing. Um, yeah, uh, there's so much you can do, and and I, I'm I am super excited about this Fantastic Four movie. I think the casting's pretty solid, personally. Um, you know, not, not to say that the previous castings have been bad. I think they've all been good. Um, it's just now with the what we can do now in terms of. Uh, uh, storytelling and technology, you know, CGI and stuff like things are just going to be better. Like basically, it, you know, like they should they should have done better with that 2015 movie. It would, you know, but unfortunately they didn't. So I, I just fingers crossed. I hope they get Doctor Doom right because that's something yeah. that drives me nuts with the the previous films is they always screwed up when it came to Doctor Doom. But anywho, uh, did you have anything else there, Kev? No, no, I. I... Wanted to make sure we got that one in. Excellent. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, I posted it today, but I actually hadn't hadn't seen it until uh, my friend at work uh, asked me what I thought about it. I was like, shit, I, this is the first time hearing about it. Um, but, yeah, no, that's really cool. So, anyway, we'll end this episode with our brain candy segment. Um, so, this is the segment where we talk about things that we're reading, listening to, 
uh, whatever, whatever we're feeding our brain, and then we can give it a, a pick or a pan. Uh, so for this week, uh, I got an Amazon gift card for my birthday, so I bought a book. Uh, and this actually was released, I want to say, in 2001 originally. It's uh, Shazam! The Power of Hope, uh, written by Paul Dini with art by Alex Ross. So Alex Ross is, you know, uh, I think probably most famous for his work uh, on the Marvels miniseries and the Kingdom Come miniseries for uh, DC. Um, He paints uh, his comic books. He uses real models um, for these characters. And, you know, with me being an original Captain Marvel fan, uh, which people commonly refer to as Shazam, but I love in this book that they still call him Captain Marvel in the the interior. Uh, I had to get this. I've never never actually read it. I knew about it, but they just re-released it last year in in a big storybook format, like hardcover. Uh, so I bought it, and yeah, it's just as good as I thought it was going to be. Artwork's amazing. Captain Marvel never looked any better. Um, it's great. It's, I want to say, like 40 pages, maybe. But the the artwork is amazing. And yeah, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, and then, yeah, I just I mentioned this before, but I'm also reading... Uh, the first Jason Aaron Batman series called Batman Offworld. Mm-hmm. So, bas- so basically the concept is Batman gets abducted by aliens. So now he's on a prison ship in a different galaxy uh, trying to get off the ship to get home. And, you know, he's fighting alien, you know, because he's just a guy with gadgets and, and a, an incredible brain. He's fighting aliens that are genetically stronger than him and so on and so forth. It, it, it's an interesting concept. And Jason Aaron is an amazing writer. Um, you know, he did some great work over at Marvel, particularly, you know, on the Thor books. Uh, he did an awesome Conan the Barbarian run. He was on the Avengers for a while. Um, he's just a great writer all around. And... Um, yeah, this is his first work with DC, his first work with Batman, and it's it's awesome. It, you know, so if you want to read a Batman book that is completely different, uh, check out Batman Offworld. Uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, Kev, what do you got this week for brain candy? Yeah, so I got um, I have an advanced reader copy of a book. I got to start. I I think I'm caught up for stuff, so I'm hoping to start that tomorrow. Mm. And then I'll, I'll end up discussing it next time. Because I think once I finally sit down to read it, I'll get through it in a day or two. Cool. It's just, you know, finding time. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of wrestling as usual, stuff my kid wants to watch. But then uh, I, I had to watch one movie for uh, another podcast. And then I watched a different movie because uh, my kid wanted to watch it just randomly on Sunday. Mm. So the... One was a direct-to-DVD Pokemon movie, about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed the hell out of it. We had a blast. The other one was The Rock, starring in the 2017 remake of Baywatch. Oh, okay. That is one of the worst movies I've ever had to sit (laughs) through in my life. Yeah, 
yeah. Oh my god, it starts, I'm like, why is this rated R? I'm like, I, I mean, I'm aware Baywatch was like, you know, the cheesecake stuff of it. Yeah. I'm like, but overall, there was a wholesome show. Yeah. Like, a lot of pretty people on it, but, you know, like, overall, it was fine. Yeah. Like, why is this movie rated R? I'm like, uh, they probably got, like, nudity or, like, really skimpy bathing suits or something like that. No, it's, like, constant F-bombs, like, South Park movie level. Mm-hmm. And then, like, gross out humor. Yeah. And I was like, what the Who's this movie for? Yeah. What, what the hell is this? It's just Rock being Rock. You know, like, he doesn't act. He's always himself. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I cannot stand this movie. I, and I agreed to watch it for a podcast and write up a thing for it. But I'm like, this is god-awful. Yeah. And, you know, made money starting, you know huge people and everything and all. And then here's this Pokemon movie where um, there's this giant legendary Pokemon that only appears in this movie. What the heck was it called? Vol- Volcania? Volca- Volcaria? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this giant legendary Pokemon doesn't trust humans or anything. Wants, wants Ash and his crew away because as the biggest Pokemon in this area, he's pretty much in charge of it, you know, King of the Jungle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And his territory is now like a refuge. All these Pokemon come there that were abused or whatever by previous trainers. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of like he's a, a rescue agency and just keeps them all there. Like, you don't need humans. They don't need you. Let's all be here and be safe. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure no one comes in. And then a Pokemon gets kidnapped that is a one-of-a-kind that comes from this nearby city that looks like if we had all of our modern... Think of all of our, like, modern technology, mm-hmm. but in a city that not only has Pokemon that can assist with making these things, but also is highly influenced by Leonardo da Vinci's sketchbooks. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, crazy amazing stuff for i'm like what a cool concept like i would watch just this like this is really cool yeah and then stuff happens and it's like oh hey i know you don't like humans but we're humans and we can actually help you with this and maybe we gotta learn to trust each other and you know bad things happen and there's drama and i'm like this was fun yeah this gives me more character development more stuff to care about more higher stakes, and I didn't feel like I wasted my time at the end of it. As opposed to this $100 million budget movie <laughs> on the other side of it. Which, I, I did not have my kid watch Baywatch with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not, this is R, and it's not, you know, R because it's, you know, superhero violence. Yeah. This is a hard R for it. But it's just like, if if you told me what movie do you think I'll enjoy more, a kids movie or Baywatch, I would have thought, you know, Baywatch would have done it. But God, almost like, now my kids like because we we had to find like it was a hunt to find this movie that he wanted to watch, mm-hmm. and finally did finally found a streaming thing for it, and he. I said, you know, maybe I should look into getting some of the DVDs, because this Pokemon stuff jumps. It'll be on, like, Netflix mm-hmm. for three months, and then Hulu for three, and then on nothing for a while, and then it bounces around. 
Yeah. I'm like, maybe I should look into this. Yeah, I didn't realize there's like 20 direct-to-DVD movies. Oh, yeah. And then all the seasons. Yep. Like, maybe I'll look and see if someone else did this and they're selling off their collection used for yeah. a much cheaper price. Yeah. I'll try to do that one for you. Yeah. No, and I just wanted to say, based on your recommendation, I'm totally intending on checking out the Crisis on Infinite Earths movie. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to bite the bullet and buy it digitally, but I've just, I've been holding off because I'm waiting for the right time. So I just want to sit down and enjoy it yeah, without being interrupted. It just seems like my weekends lately have been on the go. and so. But that I, I totally intend to watch that, though, because it sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I think like when we know the second one's out, I think we'll rewatch the first one and then watch the second one. Mm-hmm. And then when we know the third one is out, we'll do the previous two and then do the third. Yeah. So yeah, probably absolutely. Watching that movie th- you know, two more times this year, minimum. Yeah. And then, um, like you were saying, uh, like with the Loki season two, yeah, I've got to watch that as well because, yeah, because the TVA is going to be part of this new Deadpool movie. So I figured, yeah, I better watch that Loki season two. And it wasn't that I was avoiding it. Like I didn't want to watch it, but I just haven't had the time. Yeah. And, um, but now if I, I think, yeah, I definitely got to watch that before I go see that Deadpool movie, which it doesn't come out till July, I believe. So, you know, got a little bit of time, so. Yeah, and, July, July 5th, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because originally it was supposed to be May, but then they pushed it back. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it's for the best. But Anyway, I think we can call this a podcast. So, before we go, let's play that little game of word we can find you on the internet. So, for me, you can check out my blog, randomnerdness.blogspot.com. Um, I typically do... A, Chris's weekly comic book picks. I didn't do one last week just because there was only one comic book that I was gonna, <laughs> I was actually going to pick up and I didn't uh didn't think it was necessary to do a blog post. It was um the newest issue of I think it was Red just Red Sonia or Savage Red Sonia, one of them. Um but I'm so behind on reading those that uh I I just didn't do a post, but yeah, there there isn't much, but if you if you Want to check out my blog? Yeah, randomnerdist.blogspot.com. And like I said, uh, in the not-too-distant future, we are going to be doing uh, continuing our, our 80s movie discussion once we got all our podcasters back uh, to sit down and to record that. I do have an episode coming up called Chris's Mind Blowers for the Pop Culture Club, so that, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we don't need the whole crew for that one, so we'll prob- that might come out before the 80s one, so we'll see. Um and then, yeah, next week we're recording a new episode of Trek 1701, so that'll be next week's episode on the feed, so be sure to check that out. We're going to be doing a Star Trek fantasy pool. So instead of fantasy hockey or fantasy football, we're doing that but a Star Trek version. So be sure to give that a listen. And, Kev, where can we find you, sir? Right, you can find me across the Internet um, at Hellions Team on most of your social medias and HelliansTeam.com for my blog. Excellent. Excellent. Um, All right. Well, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host this evening, Mr. Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Fallout Reloaded. This is our news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.